0: And we're live. <laughs>
1: um, ask the question again so you know what yeah, we're talking so, about.
0: All right. So I'm here with my buddy, <laughs> Steve Nunez. And so we're just talking about how you got into Harvard and how you felt about it. And um, um, you know. I guess maybe uh, you want a little
1: background before we get Let's into get that? Let's get some background uh, sort in there. Of, yeah? um, mm-hmm gives you an idea of where I'm coming from and who I am. Um, So I was born in Binghamton, New York, 1987. Oh, Um, you're a New Yorker, too, just like me. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, White mother, Dominican father, Mm -hmm. Dominican immigrant father. Um, They split up when I was, like, two, and I moved to North Carolina with, like, four. Gotcha. Um, So I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, in a lesbian household. My mom Mm -hmm. left my father for uh, her partner, Patty, who Mm -hmm. I have absolutely immense respect Uh for. Uh, Much love to Patty. Um, But so, growing up in Wilmington, North Carolina, I was always, like, just confused about my identity and who I was, Uh, both gender identity and racial identity, because my dad's a black Dominican and my mom's white. But the locution or uh, the organization uh, or intersectional identity of uh latinegro or whatever we it, black afro, black hispanics okay. afro dominicans <laughs> yep. or whatever that didn't really exist at the time at least in the south Not for me there, right? yeah. for me to sort of understand so i went to um, public school my whole life and in elementary school i uh, Started learning a little bit about race and sort of racial things, and then mm-hmm. I went to middle school at what's called Williston Middle School in mm-hmm. Wilmington, North Carolina. Williston was the first chartered uh, public black high school in North Carolina. I'll get the, uh, um, so it's got a deep, deep history of blackness. Wilmington's a really, really interesting city. I highly recommend folks to look up the history of Wilmington. It's the only city in the United States that's had a coup. Yes, that's right. Um, That's that's
0: something I was to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. So, So,
1: um, growing up in the very, very, very mm -hmm. much part of the heart of of Jim Crow South, Mm -hmm. I was always confused about race, and then having lesbian parents had always made it super, super complicated dealing with masculine issues and getting Mm -hmm. teased and shit like that. So, uh, I played football in high school, and I really, really wanted to play football in college, uh, but it didn't work out. I wasn't big enough, wasn't Mm -hmm. fast enough. You know how it goes. Yeah, exactly. so my mom sat me down my my spring semester of my my senior year and she's like, "What the fuck are you gonna do with your life, dude? <laughs> sort of what going are you gonna do? like? <laughs> what are you gonna do?" And I, uh, so she convinced me to take the ASVAB, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. the Armed Services yep. Uh, yep. Vocational Aptitude Battery. Yep. How I how think is what it's called. Did yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, on that and so I went into the Navy office mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I would like to go to BUDS and become a SEAL and they were like yeah but you did really great on the test we'd like to make you a nuclear engineer i'm mm-hmm. like no, no that's, that's not, not for, for me, me. <laughs> like i'm not sitting on a fucking submarine yeah. in the middle of the fucking ocean for the, the f- yeah, nah. like eight of the guys <laughs> yeah no nah, no nah, not about that so yeah. I, I i told him like no nah, i'd like to do some special operation yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. um this conversation went for like five minutes, yeah. and he just wanted to make me a nuclear engineer. The recruiter did, so I walked out, and it was yeah. like a complex of recruiters. So okay. you had all of the, so certain, had the, all the branches, uh-huh. all the branches. So I walked down the hallway to the army office, and I was like, "What do y'all have by way of special operations contracts?" Um, so he explained to me that uh, they have an 18 X-ray contract with the special forces recruit. So mm-hmm. you come in straight off the street, you go to basic, mm-hmm. airborne. Uh, basic infantry, um, infantry basic training, and then airborne school, and then you go up to Bragg, and you do the whole Special Forces Q course. You do a special operations preparation course, and then you go through the whole Q course, which is about
0: two years long. And you're just coming off football, too, so you're already in shape, right? yeah, I was in pretty good shape.
1: Um, So I got selected and ended up becoming an 18 Bravo in like two weeks before two or three weeks before my 21st birthday I got my green beret and my special forces tab shit um, so that sort of looking back on it I did that for a number of reasons like I said my dad's Dominican so there was like a national component that I felt uh, obliged to give back to my country especially being from the south I think there's a huge um, patriotic chauvinism
0: yeah. there's that like dominant narrative it's that dominant it's that dominant narrative yeah.
1: especially with that immigrant background yeah. i don't know it, it looking back on it that definitely played a role um how, how old are you again? i'm
0: 32 okay 32 interesting I, i'm 26 and i feel like it's a little different from my generation it's crazy yeah, it's, yeah right it's a crazy change because like i i mean my mom's like my, my mom's like black and hispanic like yeah. like she but she looks black and then my dad's like white as all fuck <laughs> so i i like i see where you're coming from with like you know that weird racial mixing you're confused and then so i grew up in new york but then i moved to fucking milford in connecticut where I, like, there's no black people there when i moved there it was like one percent of the population so i i i, I feel your connecticut pain on is that crazy connecticut, like that. Is, crazy. connecticut <laughs> is crazy
1: like that actually during this reconstruction course uh one of the books that i read uh, i forgot what it was but I know Union was one of the cities or towns. It was like three small towns, about mm. the same size as Union had, had, up until some point, the same representative, legislative representation mm. as the fucking Bridgeport, Hartford, and New Haven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's really, really interesting the way that like the racial politics played out in Connecticut specifically, Alex, just because yeah. it's crazy. And and like you look at Bridgeport, New Haven. Mm in Hartford today, yeah. and it's like, oh, those are black cities.
0: Yeah, and, you know, that's <laughs> how Lamont <Le Mans> won. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's
1: why they're black cities, because the power kept. They're
0: like, they're really like, amazing. oh, uh, um, fucking Stephan in the lead. Oh, wait, we haven't counted <laughs> all of Bridgeport and New Haven. Yet. Oh, shut <laughs> away, fuck, that's, that's the lost cause now. Yeah, it's, yeah. um, yeah,
1: so it's really, really interesting. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, I, so yeah, sorry, yeah. It's all good, man. That's So that's one of the... And then masculinity, I think, played a huge role. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, I think uh, I wanted to assert my my masculine dominance mm-hmm. um, by becoming a special boy. There ain't really much people could say to you or call you... like. Yeah. Uh, for example, like, Last Name of Nunez, uh, that turned into Nuni for a little bit. Uh-huh. But some people call me Nuni And then that turned into negative negatively poony yeah. for like uh, oh, pussy shit, yeah. for like uh-huh, pussy yeah. um, so I've always like wrestled with, with masculinity in, a, in an interesting uh-huh. sort of way I'm kind of past that now in my life where gotcha. it's like what the fuck ever but um, at the time at 18 years old like nah I'm gonna get a green beret so that nobody yeah. can ever fucking question my masculinity I, mean, ever again, I, think, yeah. um, I think that definitely played a role in it and then just not having money man you know oh, I came from pretty a pretty lower class black background and um so c- college wasn't really something that i wanted to do at the time yeah. and it's not something that i could particularly afford at the time really yeah. so i um i enlisted and uh while i was in there uh islamophobia also played a humongous humongous p- uh-huh. part in, yes. in my enlistment post 9 11. i think people forget especially younger folks uh-huh. forget what it felt like yeah in post 9 11 where it's like 99 percent of public public opinion is like nah. we need to go we need to go right now retaliate on on these motherfuckers um Mm -hmm. and and i think it's even more prominent in the south particularly which is interesting um with that 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 chauvinism that i talked about earlier so uh while i was in the army um i deployed my first deployment was costa rica on a j set we trained some um some police which is interesting because there's no military in costa rica and then uh later on i did a deployment to rc south afghanistan Mm -hmm. and spent some time in a few different provinces um in afghanistan and so what years were you in afghanistan i was in afghanistan in the army from august 09 to february 10. gotcha um and i don't know i just the reason why i probably really really got out uh I was in 7th Special Forces Group at Bragg, um, and we did, like I said, we did that trip uh, August 09 to Feb 10, which got like slowed down because of Haiti, the earthquake in yes. Haiti. All uh, the yeah, birds, yeah. all the all the planes got diverted yeah. to to Haiti, um, so we got stuck for a couple of extra weeks. So I came back. I was supposed to get out July 2010 mm-hmm. uh, was the end of my time in service, my ETS date. Um, so I was really, like, struggling, like, do I re-enlist, do I not re-enlist? Yeah. I toyed with it in Afghanistan because I don't know how it works now, but at the time you get tax-free bonuses if you if you sign in Afghanistan, it's tax-free. Okay. Um, so I tried to re-enlist, but they offered me, like, some
0: shit deal. They didn't like, give
1: you, like, $12,000 yeah. for six years or something like that. And I'm like, nice. what the fuck are you talking about? Well, when one kidding. of my friends, like... Some of the folks—that's the interesting thing mm-hmm. that that pissed me off—is like I'm 22 years old at the time, talking about giving the United States Army my life, and yeah. they're like, "We'll give you 12 grand for it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, 12 grand. And, uh, 12 grand for at how the many same years time, years at the same time, one of the <laughs> yeah. senior dudes on my team, who had 18 years in, had yeah. just reenlisted for like 180 or yeah, 200 thousand dollars or something like that. So you're getting three, four more years out of this dude, but you want to give me 12 for another 18 of my life or something like that. So, uh, I was kind of salty about that, mm-hmm. and then. I wanted a a school called Sephardic. I don't even know what Sephardic stands for. Um, Special Forces, it's it's, it's a CQB school. It's a Special Forces um, Close Combat School. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do that because that's what I always wanted to do. Uh, At the time when I enlisted, my ultimate goal was to, like, enlist and then maybe down the road yeah. try and get a job on an HRT team, a hostage rescue team uh-huh. in the FBI. I thought gotcha. that was just sexy and, yeah. and masculine glamorous. as fuck and glamorous. <laughs> so that, I think, was, was was my ultimate goal. So I wanted to go to the CQB school or something. Yeah. So I was like, give me Halo. Give, like, what can you do for me? Like, what can you give me in terms of schools yep. to sort of offset the money you're not giving me? And I think, uh, I went back to Kandahar. I was back in Kandahar at some point and I went to the recruiter and he was like oh you're you're the one that wants like 40 acres and a mule or whatever the fuck he said something so whole, along those terms it, it wasn't yeah. a racialized term like uh-huh. that but yeah. like you're the dude that wants everything, everything. and i'm like yeah <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah that's me so gonna um, say, Who's <laughs> yeah that's me yeah yeah if i'm not gonna ask <laughs> for shit nobody's gonna ask for mm-hmm. me so uh that kind of pissed me off and yeah. i was just like fuck uh, this uh, and then on top sucks. of that yeah. and then on top of that um Like I said, we got back in February. We were going to do another trip to Afghanistan, August to February again, or that time frame. Come back, move the whole group from uh, Fort Bragg to Eglin Air Force Base in in Florida. Okay. And I would have been in charge of moving all the guns and all that shit. And then after, so that would have been like, Uh, what year would that have been? That would have been like uh, 2011, I think it was. Like spring 2011. Okay. And then it would have been another eight month trip, six six to eight month trip, depending on when I got there and when I left. Mm -hmm. so it would have been three back-to-back-to-back trips to Afghanistan, and I was like, I'm not no, doing that shit for no, $12,000 no, no, bonus. No, You're no, fucking crazy.
0: Like, You're, <laughs> I mean, you are fucking maybe. crazy, like, like You are fucking are.
1: crazy. You're crazy. So I got out. Yeah, um, Yeah. there's no incentive yeah, to say no, That's, I'm yeah. going to stay in I'm not staying in yeah. Now yeah. I have a Green yeah. Beret at 22 yeah. years old. And you that, you, and, you and, accomplished and, your and, goal, And at the time, well, I didn't really. I would have liked to go to Delta or something like that if I would have stayed in and do something more. But they weren't offering that. But, well, I mean, I probably could have ended up making it, but it It, it, it worked out. It worked out for me. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm a veteran from the South. Uh Like, oh, I'll be able to get a job. No problem. The South loves veterans. I ended up fucking around and uh, lived off of my... (laughs) lived off of my savings and shit for a while trying to find a decent job. Like, what kind of jobs are you looking for? Man, I was just looking for something, really. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something that would make me a a lucrative enough thing where I could live comfortably, but I couldn't get a job. I think uh, I ended up working as a go-kart attendant at, like, this little local thing, so, like, I felt really alienated and undervalued, and I ended up uh, becoming a contractor for... um, a company called Academy, formerly known as Blackwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to school and became a personal security specialist, gotcha. uh, contracting for the state, and ended up working in Kabul for off and on for a couple oh, so of years. So you went to Ca- so
0: okay. So gotcha. that's, that's so that okay. time
1: in my life. I think that's yeah. 2011, on and off till early 2013, gotcha. um, back and forth from Kabul. And at some point, man, I just man, the, <laughs> everything just felt off. It mm. felt. Wrong. I don't know. I felt dirty and, um, so yeah. Oh, yeah. At some point, and then the Islamophobia really, really started
0: to get to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some experiences of like colleagues. Well, did you did you have like like friends that were Muslim? Right no, now, like no. There, that's or the
1: other interesting thing is like mm-hmm. where in Wilmington, there's a very very small. I'd imagine a very oh, very, yeah. very small Not Muslim playing. population. Uh, larger populations towards the triangle. Yeah. Uh, but I had never really really understood anything imagine. about Islam other than yeah. what I saw on the news about these. And your movies, about, right? About, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the news and media, um, and literature and things. Uh, so eventually i started like reading uh and to be real it was while i was in afghanistan um that i like read up on some conspiracy theories about tower seven
0: yeah um oh oh, yeah yes and i was
1: like yo i don't know (laughs) what the fuck happened on on september 11 2001 but i know for a fact that it's not the actual story that they tell in the commission report so Uh i was like i've spent literally my entire life like fighting for has been built yeah. on a lie yeah. so i started becoming crack, mu- mu- yeah. much more critical and much more questioning of authority and at some point that that led me to be like uh, mostly in terms of experiencing muslims in afghanistan yeah. like what everything that i've ever been taught about uh-huh. this cultural disposition it's is a complete yeah. lie yeah. Um, so I wanted, I, I decided, I knew I wanted to go study religion, Islam in particular. Oh, so that's what got um, you into And that's philosophy. what, that's mm-hmm. what got me. The philosophy of religion department at UNCW, gotcha. uh, Wilmington, UNC yep. Wilmington, um, is
0: connected. It's a philosophy and mm-hmm. religion department, so. Oh, okay, so um, I saw, when I checked your thing, I saw, I saw philosophy, I'm like, oh, so the philosophy led to, no, but it was already It was the there. religion was that led, and, and so it yeah, it was sense. the religion
1: yeah. that led to the philosophy, because uh-huh. I had to take a couple of the philosophy courses, but yeah. like. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah high you school, required philosophy courses, In high huh? school, well, I ended up having a dual concentration, that's the way that it turned out. But okay. I mean, I guess the sort of trajectory of that was, uh, I knew I wanted to study Islam and whenever I got to UNCW on orientation day, I ended up sitting and talking with the chair of the department, George Zervo, shout out George, like <laughs> five hours, dude. It was like a five hour conversation. It Shit. was the first time that I was like, oh, this is, I'm, this I'm is something right I'm place. interested in. Huh? I'm in the right place. Um, so yeah, uh, through, I took my first semester at um, UNCW, I took you, uh, this UNCW,
0: is, 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 is that like a, a state college? Is a community, like, what is it? Okay, it's state a state college. college. Oh.
1: it's uh, mm-hmm. We have 17 campuses in the UNC system, gotcha. Chapel Hill being the flagship. okay uh, But then you have 16 I, other campuses. I've, been most, I've never been in North Carolina. That's so I beautiful, man. To, yeah. You got to check it out. There's like mm-hmm. the beach on the east, and then you got mountains in the west, mm-hmm. and then the Piedmont in the middle. It's just really, really a beautiful place if you're like interested in nature. Well, I love um, to travel, so. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would definitely <laughs> recommend checking out um, a few places in North Carolina. Uh, Wilmington in the yeah, east, so you got, Boone, you got Boone to, in get, the west. You, you, I mean, you, you, uh, no, no, biased, dead ass, right? dead ass. I have like, Wilmington's home, and it's mostly because of like the feeling that I get when mm-hmm. I'm there, like all the way down to like yeah. the humidity weighing on your skin, I don't know, it's weird, it's home. Uh, but most beautiful water views that, that you'll, you'll experience. You moved there, how old
0: were you when you moved there? Like four or That's interesting, because I moved to Milford five and I have no mm-hmm. connection to you. I mean, other than the fact like, you know, like I love New York, but I can't live there, mm-hmm. dude. It's not home anymore, but. Yeah,
1: and I'll probably never like permanently live in Wilmington again, but I'll yeah. probably all if visit. I, I'll, now I'll probably vote from there. Always vote from there. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's right, you saw, yeah, there. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I voted I voted up here in the last election just because absentee ballots are mm-hmm. fucking tenuous and terrible. But um yeah, so back to back to UNCW. Yeah. I ended up uh That first semester I was there I took um this course called Archaeology of Ancient Israel with mm-hmm. dude named Teddy Berg. That already sounds amazing. <clears throat> amazing course. Um fell in love with Teddy Berg and Uh, After the semester, you said, I'm going on an archaeological dig in Sicily in the summer. Would you like to go? So, like, obviously, I would like to go. Um,
0: So I thought I wanted to be an archaeologist. So, um, I mean, like, so at this point, so at this point you had like money, right? You, like, was it like, like you had to pay? I to had,
1: Yeah, them? I had to, I had to, I had to pay a little bit of money mm-hmm. and I, I raised a little bit of money. I still had, a, you know, I raised a little bit of money to, to go, yeah. took out a couple of loans yeah. to go. Okay. And, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, no. Yeah. And, uh, so I ended up going cause I thought I wanted to be an archeologist cause his mm. course was cool as fuck. And then I, I got there and I was like, this is terrible. You're, oh, would just take t- the Yeah. And this I'm happening? like, it's yeah. like manual yeah. labor and I'm a big motherfucker. So they're like, Hey, take this pickaxe and bust down all this hard ass clay shit yeah. right so uh hated archaeology but i really really loved cultural anthropology so archaeology mm-hmm. got me into anthropology more broadly and I, I ended up double at one point i had four majors mm-hmm. philosophy religion and yep, yep. uh anthropology and art history and i ended and up drop i dropped right? i do no, i oh. dropped art history oh you dropped art history i dropped That's art history right. and ended up getting a classical studies minor in mm-hmm. a middle east and islamic studies minor instead mm-hmm. of that um while I was there, I really, really got involved in or interested in community organizing and, and politics and I was elected as the Vice President of Governmental Relations for an organization called UNCASG, the Association of Student Government, so okay. it's an organization of like representatives from each of the campuses that have a voice okay, on the cool. Board of Governors. Uh, that's, that's actually, um, that sounds like a good system, right? Yeah, it's it's it really gave me some... Some uh, perspective on systems uh, in a way that I, I had never experienced. Um, I also did a internship for uh, my local congressman.
0: Okay. Um, David it, it, Rouser. It was a I'm terrible assuming. experience. He's um, a Republican. Not not in not in not in the house anymore or anything.
1: Yeah, he's in the house. Oh, he's still in the house. Yeah, he's in the house. Um, actually, interestingly enough, he's the first Republican congressman to be elected in Wilmington in New Hanover County.
0: Uh, since 1898 I I don't know anything about Wilmington what is the majority it's majority black majority like okay so
1: the history of Wilmington is (laughs)
0: super super
1: interesting because so 1898 is is really really the point like the the point um, after reconstruction in Wilmington yep uh, it was one of the few places in the United States that you could like tangibly see and point to. No, Reconstruction is working there. This is happening. Uh, it yeah. was the largest city in Wilmington or in North Carolina at the time, and it was about sixty-six percent black. Gotcha. Um, the governing body or the, the 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 political majority was called the Fusion Party. So you uh-huh. had urban. Black the, Republicans. The party? It was called the Fusion Party. You had urban okay, black rep- uh-huh. urban black Republicans and rural white populists uh-huh. came together to to counteract the power of the White Supremacist Democratic Party. Wow. Okay. Um. So this worked for ten, fifteen years, or so, and then in eighteen ninety eight, white supremacy becomes literally the mantra of the
0: election. The norm. No, um,
1: yeah. no, no, no. Like like. The, the, mm-hmm, like yeah. No, we are white supremacists, and yeah. we ought to be white supremacists. Yeah. Well, a few days after the election. Um. A number of people get together, a mob uh, organized by nine people called the, the Secret Nine or some shit that they call them, and uh, they basically... So the Democratic Party would have meetings with a group called the Red Shirt Militia, which was basically the Klan without hoods. Okay, gotcha, yeah. um, so every time that there would be a Democratic Party meeting, there would be a, a Red Shirt Militia mm-hmm. meeting as well. and in the democratic party meetings they would decide who needed to be ran out of town uh one of the officials of the democratic party would go with a mob of motherfuckers from the red shirt militia and they'd be knock on the door boom, boom 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 uh to a, a prominent black leader or yep. pro-black leader in wilmington and say do you want the tree or do you want to get out of town um, so leading up to this at some point uh alex Manley, the student named alex Manley, uh runs this this newspaper called the daily record mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. at, at one point in American history it's the only daily publica- black publication in the United States Okay. Um, this woman named Rebecca uh, Latimer Felton in Georgia in 1898 or 1897 comes out and she says we need to lynch more black men so we can protect white women well being a metropolis port city yeah and Manley's a, a mixed person anyway, mm-hmm. uh, grandson of actually Governor Manley,
0: okay.
1: uh, either son or I think grandson grandson of Governor Manley, uh, so he's privileged in many ways. Um, he writes an op-ed for his own paper that says, "Miss Felt, you got it all wrong. Like, yeah. black folks been fucking white folks and white folks been fucking <laughs> black folks up here for a minute, so that's basically the narrative, mm-hmm. and it really, really outraged people." Um, Uh, white people's (laughs) white people and and, uh so at some point there was a loophole in the law that allowed um a petition to be taken to a judge to add seats to the board of aldermen or the the county board uh so at the time the fusion party had three seats and the Democratic Party had two seats. Mm-hmm. Well, they petitioned add two seats. The Democratic Party petitions the Democratic judge to add two seats to the uh, Alderman. Yeah, so now yeah. you mm-hmm. have so now you pack it with with yeah. Democrats. Now you have control of the militia. So mm-hmm. they literally uh there's a, a dope documentary called Wilmington on Fire. Shout out Chris Everett and, and uh Kent Chatfield, um, particularly uh And they talk about, basically, they they trace the he My man Kent Chatfield is like a dope historian Mm -hmm. and he's gone to the lengths of like, he got the document, the petition that signed, and you can see they're all, they just took a mob down Uh Market Street and Front Street in Wilmington and stopped at businesses and say, hey, will you sign this? Uh You can see the white business owners signed it and then they created a mob, walked around the corner to the courthouse, got the judge to sign it, left, walked around the corner to the armory, got a machine gun wagon with, uh, or, well, they burnt down the newspaper first, so mm-hmm. no black intelligence got out about yeah. what happened that's going in on, 1898, yeah. but uh, this Killed dude evening, named right? uh-huh. William Randall Keenan, Buck Keenan, interestingly oh. enough, uh, we'll get to this um, in the legacy of Buck Keenan, but Buck Keenan... Uh, was on the on the machine gun, mm-hmm. and they went through the the Brooklyn district, of downtown Wilmington, and killed somewhere. The numbers you will never know the actual numbers, but uh, estimates range from 65 to 300 people. So it's probably the um,
0: I'm assuming, yeah.
1: Uh, I imagine it's on the high end. Um, the next oh, yeah. year, you see, they did an economic impact report or, or a, a, a report on 100 years after. I think it was uh, in the early 2000s and I think it's something like 6,000 black people ran out of Wilmington.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, so, they just... so it,
1: nowadays, Wilmington, but to get to the demographics of Wilmington today, yeah. um, about... I think 23, 24 percent black.
0: Okay, yeah. So, um, what,
1: what do you say? You started with like 64, 66, 66, 66 yeah. About two yeah. thirds black. So they ran yeah. all the black folks out of town. Uh-huh. Uh, Sandy Darity wrote an economic impact report specifically for that uh-huh. uh, commission, and um, it was something like in the in the main part of town, downtown, like Market and Front Street, where where the businesses were. It went from like 18 black-owned businesses in 1897 to like three in 1900 yeah, uh-huh. or some uh-huh. shit like that. So you could just see, and then as part of this whenever black folks would get run out of town the Democratic Party would basically just take the land and put it in their own banks gotcha. um, so yeah just a mess uh, this doesn't really come out until 1970s mm-hmm. which is really really interesting people always me why have I never heard of this well I, I, I the, general idea, the general idea the general consensus of, of scholars that I've read is uh, the white community ashamed and or celebratory know, right? of it and the black community is fucking terrified. Why yeah. would you not be terrified? So it's not until, actually, interestingly enough, Martin Luther King is supposed to speak at Williston Industrial High School on April 4th, 1968. Okay. But he stays in Memphis yeah. because desegregation still mm-hmm. hadn't come around to Wilmington. That's right, basically. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so there, there's a lot of tension in the community, and uh, so they ended up just closing Williston and busing black students to all these white high schools around the county, and the students were like, fuck this, this no, is I'll the crown that. jewel of my yeah. community. How dare you close one of the greatest institutions that North Carolina's ever yeah. made. Uh, so the, the tensions rise. Yeah. The, en- the Klan, the clan ends up taking to the streets. And then nice. in the early '70s, at some point, a white grocery store gets firebombed. Nice. The fire department comes in. Uh, they say that a sniper shoots at them from the steeple of a church. So the National mm-hmm. Guard gets called in. Of and, course. Yeah. Um, they end up. There's eight students, uh, eight student organizers, and uh, Reverend Benjamin Chavis. And an anti-poverty worker, a white anti-poverty worker, are organizing around uh, King and nonviolent disobedience. Yeah. Um, they lock these motherfuckers up for I think a combined 282 years. Amnesty International gets involved. at I think 76, uh, and they end up getting let out of prison because there's no, there's literally there's no evidence, no yeah, evidence course, to yeah. say that these people did anything. Um, so, fast forward 2012, Beverly Purdue pardons them. Mm-hmm. It gives restitution to the living families, uh-huh. to the living members, but no restitution to the families of the four folks that have died since uh, that happened. So, that's sort of where we're at Seems in a Wilmington. It's, right? super, it's yeah. crazy, but um, yeah, uh, so that's sort of where Wilmington is. Yeah, at. that's like that's a, a quick, brief, that's... down and dirty history of <laughs> Wilmington. Wilmington's really, really 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 interesting so everyone, interestingly huh. enough in this super super historical place you can see so let's bring back buck keenan into this yeah. so uh unc chapel hill mm-hmm. their football stadium is called keenan memorial stadium okay. named after this motherfucker that killed 300 black people yeah, yeah in mean, North Carolina. I mean they support, recently yeah. with silent sam getting pulled down yes, last yep. year mm-hmm. and everything around that they changed the name from keenan memorial stadium to keenan memorial stadium after his son um what? What it's north carolina uh, so
0: i mean i'm not uh, surprised it, yeah the name's so, are,
1: the name's are all over the place cool. uh uncw's auditorium is called sarah graham keenan memorial auditorium so it's named after his daughter so the yeah, legacy wow. is deep 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 rooted in north carolina and uh super super interesting place um so that was kind of my experience of public i didn't learn about it, and that was what pissed me off the most that's huh. what kind of got me into studying um, radical Black Politics mm-hmm. and Black Politics more generally um, was just the fact that I had never heard of it. I went to Andy Williston Middle. No, 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 no. I went to yeah. Williston uh-huh. Middle School yeah. and had never heard of this. No ever until up, right? I was yeah. until I was old enough to research it for myself, and I thought that that was a travesty. So that a travesty. Um, that's sort of what got me into that, and then at some point I. Had a professor named Sam Murrell that was like, "Oh, you should apply for this thing called uh, Harvard Divinity School Diversity mm-hmm. and Exploration Program." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "It was my first semester at UNCW, and I was like, bro, I don't this is, I, yeah. like. I don't think you know who I am.' That's not I, a podcast <laughs> What are you talking about, bro?" And uh, he convinced me to apply, and I got yeah. accepted.
0: And it was the first time How in did my he life. You to apply because because actually, my, my dad tried to get me to go to Divinity, uh, Duke Divinity School. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know who I am?" <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like. Be able to fight these people, I'm like, I, I don't think you're gonna know.
1: No, that's the interesting thing. Uh, Harvard's a little different than most divinity schools, I think. But, uh-huh. um,
0: what, how the, so the, like, the DivX like more... school,
1: mm-hmm. the DivX program was uh-huh. like the first time that I could ever actually see myself in a classroom, which wow. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my whole life, I never felt like I belonged in a classroom, but going to this program gave me uh, the affirmation that maybe it was a possibility. Yeah. Um, so I applied. Uh, Whenever as I was coming up to graduation, uh, I applied to a number of schools. I didn't know what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. so I applied to a number of different programs in public policy and religion because that's the link for me. I never Um, yeah yeah. uh, So I got into Michigan Ford and I got into Harvard Divinity School. The Divinity School package was better,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that was kind of where I ended up. And. Uh, so I ended up getting a master of theological studies in what's called religion, ethics, and politics. Is mm-hmm. the is the the canned program yeah. that they have, um, which was like the most autonomous program that I could ever imagine. Only half of my courses had to be at uh, the Divinity School and the other half could be at any of the other Harvard graduate schools or, or, uh-huh. or professional schools. So that for me was like the real, real selling point because I don't see myself rooted in any particular discipline. No, not even religion, discipline. Yeah, I'm talking, because yeah. like, like you see, I'm mm. at, coming out of undergrad, mm. I'm, a philosopher, an anthropologist, yeah. uh, historian—you you know what I mean. About, yeah. I, I, for me, you can't. I can't draw neat boxes around the way yeah. that well, think, all, uh, I think. Mean, I don't I mean, think anybody can actually. The, I, think, uh... <laughs> I don't think anybody actually can accurately like draw these neat, neat little boxes to. It's, to it's kind of a travesty the So, of so, the
0: so yeah, that yeah. was
1: that was where I felt. I mm. think most th- the where I fell in love with learning—not education, mm. but actual learning—because yeah. I was able to take courses at the law school in the Kennedy School. So those are the three schools that yeah. I, what that I spent, yeah, it's an what
0: amazing program, program. Um, why is this like, I feel like this should be like advertised, for, or do they, do they not want people to know about it? No, anything? I mean, it's a really small school, yes, Compa- yeah, comparatively, um, it's the
1: oldest school, Yeah, it's the oldest Harvard school, because most people don't know, Harvard was actually started in order to proselytize indigenous folk. Um, that's where I had Harvard comes from. That's where Harvard yeah. comes from. Um, so eventually the Div-, the Div School becomes its own its own body at Harvard. But um, yeah, that was just a wild, wild ride. Um, Cambridge is super interesting. And f- funny enough, funny story, um, my initial advisor was Aisha Beliso de Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, amazing cultural anthropologist. Mm-hmm. Um, She went on maternity leave my second semester there, ended up never coming back. Actually, I think she's at Yale now. Um, That same semester, uh, this Pretty lesser-known person named uh, Dr. Cornell West came West back to man, Harvard man, yeah. Harvard Divinity School, yep. and I needed an advisor, so yep. I went to the registrar and I'm like, "Yeah, Yo, so what's like, up? What's up? Drop, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's up with West?" And they were like, a- "Ask him if he'll, he'll be your advisor, and yeah. we'll go from there." And I asked him, and, and he yeah. allowed me. So that that's been a huge influence on my in my life. I love the way uh, that yeah, he walks yeah. through the world.
0: Um, I definitely get I definitely get like the influence that he's had on. Sure, yeah, yeah. So.
1: Um, from there, I, I got here to Yukon and I guess this conversation started with, like, tell me about your experience. What do you yeah. think of Yukon And, um,
0: yeah, so I think... Well, uh, let me let me pause you right there really quick, mostly because I have to take a piss. Yeah, do yeah. your thing, man. <laughs> so Let me pause you really quick. Go get another beer. Exactly, right? Okay, sorry. We're back. We got our beer. We're happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to keep it going somehow. <laughs> um, so now you're at UConn. So now I'm at UConn yeah. uh I applied to a whole fuck
1: ton of PhD programs and this is the only place I got in actually um really
0: yeah really but I, I mean was, like uh, you have, like such I mean like I feel like you have like a pretty you know good resume right at this point. I don't write about liberal politics man. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I have a you little know, bit of dis- you know what I mean like my know, dis- my, dis- I'm like, my, my I, dissertation I, project's really really radical and yeah. to be real with you like uh, so I met with uh, Lewis Gordon through a friend, maisha Cherry. Shout oh, out both so of them. That's, okay, so that's Lewis Gordon, Lewis okay. Lewis Gordon. Louis Gordon. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. James Gordon is gotcha, gotcha. um, uh, Jane yeah, Gordon so they're is both amazing. Her, they're just amazing. So that gets amazing me. So people. that gets. So
1: that sort mm-hmm. of really gets into the, 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 into, the that, yeah, uh-huh. into the distinctions that into the distinctions that I wanted to make, mm-hmm. or I would like to make, or that I think about between um, private and public. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a huge
0: thing for me. Uh, whenever well, I was thinking I've about I've never it. attended a private university, so, I'd, yeah, you gotta... So,
1: that was the big difference, I think. It was really, really interesting, because after I got in, I started thinking about the things that I loved and disliked about each of the institutions that I had attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, UNCW was great um, in terms of giving me the space, and the faculty was so much better. Yeah. Like, in terms of, maybe not smarter more prolific but in terms of like hey i have a question about this thing can we sit and talk can i come and sit and talk to you in office hours and a 15 yeah. minute office hour session turns into three that, hours or four hours and, and i felt has, like i yeah. had three or four or five or six or seven mentors holy shit i've um, never had more than like two at a time at, yeah, at, I mean. at, at uncw and then whenever i got to harvard mm. That's no, not it. Nah, that's that's, that's not it. Yeah. And, and, well, and they, as, even as accessible as as West was yeah. for me, he, it's still just not a possibility but to, so because to have those. Are they, focused they're focused on their own research. They and got. They, like, I, I the think deal? It, it varies mm-hmm. person to person. Like West is really busy because he's a public intellectual, yeah. traveling everywhere. But True. yeah, I think most people are at Harvard to write and research, yeah. not. To not to teach. advise yeah, exactly. and teach, and yeah, that's just like. But that's, a, that's West. That's West thing. So it's yeah. a little different for him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think generally, um, people are more focused on that. So whenever I got into UConn, mm-hmm. it, it was really, I, I was struggling because I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And then Harvard Divinity School, there's a community, mm-hmm. a sense of community at Harvard Divinity School that's different than anywhere well, I've ever so, been. There's not a and lot of people, right? And it, it's like, there's yeah. not a lot of people, but it's really, really interesting because you have all of the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, You have two
0: two different... Okay,
1: so Harvard Divinity School has two different programs, Hmm. uh, two different main programs. The MTS, the Master of Theological Studies, is a two-year program, which is typically obviously this is a the thing typically an academic track or a job yep. track gotcha. um, thing whereas the master of divinity a yep. three-year program mm-hmm. is more typically geared towards ordination exactly. and, and yep. those
0: sorts of things gotcha
1: um, so in the same institution you have very 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 religious minded people that are very very faithful yeah. and, and and committed to their faith and then you have uh, also agnostics and yeah. atheists that are very very yeah. critical yeah. Yeah. so uh-huh. it creates an interesting milieu where both sides of that coin are being improved and coming together and the sense of community like i said it's just a very passionate community uh now it obviously has downfalls super white super liberal a lot of problems that you see in the northeast and yeah. new england generally yeah. but um yeah so i wanted that sense of community somewhere mm. um and i didn't know so whenever i got in the, the day after i got the acceptance letter i Called Lewis, and yeah. um, so well, how did you? How did, so how do you know Lewis? How do I know Lewis? Okay, uh, Maisha Cherry. At some point, I had known. My, uh, oh, we should clarify. Lu- Lu- Lewis
0: is is Lewis Gordon's. The uh, uh, he's the, the the charge of the uh, Jamaican Studies at UConn. Is I'm or what? Is I'm that? not sure.
1: Uh, Lewis Gordon is uh, the preeminent scholar of Fanon in the world uh-huh. um, so I knew I wanted to study
0: so that's why I so my
1: project me. is my, my project or my proposed project was revolutionary counterviolence um, or things surrounding revolutionary counterviolence mm-hmm. and uh, so my dear friend Maisha Cherry who's an amazing she just uh, she just she just became an associate professor mm-hmm. at uh, UC Riverside. Uh, amazing uh, philosopher uh, absolutely uh, amazing yeah. philosopher can't we, uh, say enough good things thing. check out her podcast called the Unmute Podcast she just put out a new book for it it's amazing quick uh, plug for everyone uh, shout out to the Unmute uh, Yeah. yeah um, Maisha's dope so uh, Maisha knew what I was interested in studying and she had like a uh. coffee date with Lewis when he was in town one day and she was like would you like to come and I was like oh my god yes, are you serious please, thank right? you so much <laughs> um so we got to chatting, and Lewis asked me what was next for me, and I said, I don't really know. I'm thinking about applying to PhDs. It was like the fall of my second year of the two-year program, and he, um, he gave me some advice, and he said, write the statement
0: mm-hmm.
1: about what you want to write.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't get into these places, then that's not where you're that's supposed not like to yet. be, mm-hmm. and if you do get into these places, you'll be happier because of it. Um, so I wrote the personal statement Don't the way that I wanted yeah. to, re, do, do, to write the personal statement, and this is the only place that I got in. So that meant something to yeah. me. And then, so the day after I got in, I called Lewis, and um, he had a few people. It was the it was a snow day, mm-hmm. um, and I called him, and he said, "There's only really one way to deal with a snow day, and that is to." get cozy with some cool people <laughs> get some drinks and party on down it's basically like the thing and i was like I he was last like week. the he's first like, time i was like ah, oh, this guy's fucking cool. he's like, like uh he's like yeah i'm making breakfast for a couple of students right now so um that sense of community was what i That's wanted awesome. in an mm-hmm. advisor and he seems to have a very very uh similar pedagogical disposition as me where it's like nah man yeah. let's learn let's have fun yeah. fuck all the bullshit and um yeah, Jane's brilliant. Jane is um, absolutely
0: brilliant. Jane Gordon, she's the director of graduate studies at UConn, and she just does everything yeah. she can for her students. It's like yeah. it's it's uh, so I so
1: that it, that huh? was really so that's why I came was because of Lewis and Jane, mm-hmm. uh, mostly Lewis because mm-hmm. he studies the things that I study. But uh, yeah, they they sort of seem to be trying to build a community in mm-hmm. a way that I think is a productive way exactly. to actually uh, learn things. So that was really the reason why I came here, and here I am uh Yukon's interesting P- I think PhD life is a little bit different than I was just talking I was
0: just in the uh the PhD there were like a, a meeting or whatever whatever the PhD like you know chair people are and yeah they were like I I hear it's pretty rough like you guys don't get a lot of funding or like I mean luckily that was the other thing I got a great I you got, got a great
1: fellowship yeah, package fellowship, here yeah. which mm-hmm. which was the other thing mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah no I didn't get into which was interesting because, like, I didn't get into Harvard FM. Two of my recommenders are in the Harvard FM. You department. thought that was a And I was like, sure, whoa, right? this is, yeah, That's I thought weird. it was a shoe. And yeah. I was like, I'm a Harvard guy. <laughs> That's me. I, th- I think I'll be all right. And uh, I don't know what, what would have happened. And,. To be real, there, there's not really anybody in Harvard. I, I applied to where, what, are the, what other uh, American studies? Mm-hmm. There's not really anybody in either of those departments at Harvard
0: mm-hmm. that, that, would, be able, that, did, that yeah. would be able
1: to to give me any mentorship or guidance. Like yeah, uh,
0: yeah. So this it's worked crazy. out. You and wouldn't and, expect UConn uh, to be the place, though, to have all this, right? I didn't expect not, it when In I terms I got, of decolonial or postcolonial studies, is a great place How to be. How lucky Yeah, because it's completely shaped what I do with my with my research and everything like that. It's crazy. Yeah, so that yeah. that was sort of the, how I got here, mm-hmm. and
1: now I'm, I'm finishing up my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like crazy writing anxiety since, since I got hard. I used to be able to just write, yeah, but now I'm like, I don't know. Are I, you too I,
0: critical of yourself? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, um, I'll have that story like, uh, the story that you wrote for um, for Critical War Studies, like that kind of I haven't finished it's, it yet, gotcha. I haven't
1: finished it. I'll probably finish it tonight. I'm getting closer.
0: Gotcha. Um, that's a little bit different. It's the first fiction story, that I've yeah. So, um,
1: I'm writing a story right now for y'all. Uh, it's called Alabaster and Onyx mm-hmm. The Passing of John. And it's a fiction story uh, that's uh, heavily influenced by W. B. Du Bois's 13th chapter, and so it's a black folk, The, yep. the Coming of John. Yep. So that's The Passing of John. Um, but, yeah, fiction's a lot different. I, I enjoy writing fiction. It's a that's different
0: nice. exercise. It gets the, the brain um, juice as well. Um, yeah, everything. so yeah, it's yeah.
1: been cool to do that. Um, I've been thinking about how to work with different mediums in, in order – because like. Nobody's gonna read academic gonna papers. Like, <laughs> nobody's gonna read an yep. academic paper Our that book. I wrote. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean obviously, obviously, it, yeah. obviously yeah. that it happens. Yeah. Uh, Wretched of the Earth is a very, very technical philosophical
0: mm-hmm. book. Yeah, at the same reader, yeah. time, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, but it's not—it's not easy picking up. Nah, it's
1: not easy picking up. So I, I've been trying to think about how to um, kind of hone in on what my aesthetic is and how to incorporate that into both academic writing so mm-hmm. that it's palatable yeah, to fucking yeah. read because philosophy is fucking terrible. I think that—I um, think that also—that's uh, different uh-huh. as well as philosophy is different it's different it's It's different and it's white and it's 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 (laughs) it it, it is i mean i mean the fact that we have something a a term called eastern philosophy is crazy what does that mean what does that even mean Um, it's just philosophy done somewhere elsewhere (laughs) outside of europe so um yeah i have a complicated relationship with philosophy because i think it's really really um Self-aggrandizing yeah. and self-important, and and it's hard to read the old it's when dry. It's, it's dry. It's so
0: dry and boring. And then the old stuff is just—it's racist yeah, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. oh, so yeah. I said, and you got to get past that, yep. and you got to like look at yeah, yeah. Um, so uh
1: that also, like, plays into to my experience here. Is like I I don't, put, I see myself as a philosopher, but. I don't see myself yeah. as a philosopher at the same time so I think it's really really interesting. I
0: think you're a philosopher in the old sense of the word like I, yeah.
1: I, I'm a philosopher in the in the very Cornell West yeah. public yeah. philosophy sense mm-hmm. of like let's go sit in the motherfucking yeah. in the agora and talk <laughs> shit about what reality is and actually try and get closer to understanding each other. So like yeah. that's why yeah. I'm interested in philosophy. I think deep thinking and 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 uh, critical thing is really, really important for, for everything that we do. And um, it's been helpful to, to, to think about things in terms of different disciplines. Mm-hmm. And like, that's one of the reasons why I liked taking courses in different departments mm-hmm. and different disciplines because you learn like, oh, how do you engage this text differently than me? And mm-hmm. what can I take from the way that you engage this uh, text as a, as a discipline? Um, forward. So yeah that's sort of where I'm at right now. Uh, finishing the first year, get done next year. hopefully uh, hopefully get this dissertation written. So the
0: dissertation um, is, is, <clears throat> is what exactly? Uh, my dissertation as of right now, yeah. I mean yeah it's uh, a, work as in a, progress, a right?
1: tentative tentatively, um, I'm looking at uh, what I call uh, the politics, ethics, and aesthetics of revolutionary counterviolence. It's mm-hmm. um, so very 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 much seated in, in France own. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I'm, I'm basically thinking about uh, what are the ethics whenever it comes to violence, mm-hmm. counter violence, particularly specifically because like I think when is uh,
0: it acceptable? Like, when is it justified? When is it justified? Uh,
1: mm-hmm. When is it justified? So I spent two years at Harvard basically studying just war theory because it really, really is something that I've been questioning. Yeah. Um, so, trying to apply some of the very again white principles yeah. that we see in uh, the Western just war tradition yeah. to
0: um, uh, Carl Schmitt, right? thinking
1: yeah. about to thinking about uh, how oppressed peoples can use violence in an ethical manner that's mm-hmm. not just wanton on random civilians yeah. and, and these sorts of things. But so, as a
0: means to the end.
1: Uh, uh yeah. I, and that's the interesting thing is usually whenever I tell people, they're like, oh, so so uh, by any means necessary and say no, 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 no absolutely not by (laughs) any means by very, very (laughs) specific specific means means. Um, so yeah, for me um, that comes down to uh, like I've spent shit since I was 18 officially getting paid to study terrorism um yeah i'm very critical of of the way that we think about terrorism in the united states because it it very rarely troubles the violence that's going on in the first place so um that's one of the things that i like about fanon that i'm working on a paper on right now called uh atmospheres of violence Mm -hmm. is one of the terms that fanon uses to talk about the the sort of non-physical Violences. Now, that isn't to say that in Algeria, when Fanon is writing this, that there's yeah. not physical violence. Yeah. He's just, the the basic argument is like, nah, that's just the tip of the surface that we're thinking about. We're not t- thinking about uh, the epistemicide that comes with colonization uh-huh. and making people learn French in Algeria, yeah. for example. We're not thinking about the deep, deep, deep uh, violations of human dignity that happen uh, at the hands of the state. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm trying to think through right now. It's like, when's it okay? How is it okay? What are the methods? What are the means? Um, and what are those specific means? So, um, yeah, for me, uh, what, like, for example, one of the distinctions that, that most folks make uh, in terrorist studies, if we're, we call it that, I is, is yeah. um, uh, basically that attacking civilians is unethical always. Yeah. I disagree with that. Um, But but interestingly enough, so similar to Fanon, Mm. I view violence as necessarily illegitimate, Mm. um, but ethically justifiable. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think we need to use violence. I don't think we ought to have to live in a system where I have to go fucking clack off at a fucking CEO to get the world to listen to me. Um, So, yeah, that's one of the things that I'm thinking about is um, in the United States so my, my my study is really on the United States yes. particularly I have a tentative title in mind uh, I won't disclose that on air but I have <laughs> uh, it's, it's very Not much air um, air. Um, it. <laughs> it's very uh, it's very seated uh, in Fanon and David mm-hmm. Walker. Okay, yeah. So the Wretched of the Earth, Fanon's Wretched of the Earth so is I, not yeah. actually called the Wretched of the Earth in French. It's called La Damnée de la Terre, which is the Damned
0: of the Earth. Damned of the Earth, yeah.
1: Yeah. at the same time, David Walker talks about wretchedness. David mm-hmm. Walker is also from Wilmington, North Carolina. He mm-hmm. wrote a book called The Appeal or a pamphlet called The Appeal. With a long ass, type that in and read the long title of that. It's something like uh, uh, an appeal to the uh, the appeal. Just write the appeal. appeal. David Walker. It's like uh, the appeal uh, for articles. For colored
0: peoples of the world, and particularly, like uh, Walker's <laughs> appeal in what? four articles, together with the preamble to the colored citizens of the world, but in particular, and very expressly, to those of the United States of America. Yeah. So that, yeah. so that, so that, mm-hmm. so that's where yeah.
1: that's that's this the is, sort yeah. of that's mm-hmm. the sort of frame this that I'm is, like. Yeah. I don't know governments in other countries or how yeah. they operate, but I have a very, very intimate relationship with the yeah. way course, that American yeah. governance yeah. works. So for me, maybe there are some things that people can take from my work to mm-hmm. apply to other social contexts yeah. and political contexts. But yeah. for me specifically, mm-hmm. I understand how lobbying and these sorts of institutions yeah. work in the United States. And at the end of the day, I don't think any vote is going to change mm-hmm. the way that Harold Hamm is going to vote on a fucking fracking bill or, yeah.
0: or, or urge
1: the David Rousers and the agriculture committees in yeah. the Senate and in the House. Yeah. No, nah. 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 like it doesn't matter who I vote for. Harold Hamm is still going to have a direct line to everybody on the yeah, agriculture committee mm-hmm. so um, yeah uh, that's where I'm at is like no not all civilians are the same yeah the CEO of Lockheed define, Martin defines like, civilians. <laughs> exactly like not all civilians yeah. are non-combatants yeah, exactly. so so at the end of the day like we view through the framing of so-called terrorist studies we view uh, this uh, any attacking of civilian people as, as impermissible, yeah. where in reality, it's like, no, 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 some of these civilians are very, very, very much culpable yeah. for the violence that's happening in the world. The CEO of Lockheed Martin has created bombs that are being dropped on school buses of children in Yemen. That person is not a non-combatant. So how do we uh, create... An environment by which we can influence these people that actually have power.
0: Yeah. um, Um,
1: So that's my question, my general question that's kind of guiding my research.
0: I guess just like, yeah, like inflicting violence doesn't mean you have a gun, right? I mean, like it means. No. Like we think about King
1: as nonviolent. Think about what? King, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr.'s militant boycotts were not nonviolent. Not to mention the idea of Mm nonviolence is not nonviolent.
0: Because. Uh, expand, expand. Yeah. now. So, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> the idea of what we don't look at in the United States, we celebrate King, we sanitize King in I such know, a way that we say, uh, where we put him in. That's the only way. Yeah. That's the only way. Is yeah. this. Now, this is an interesting thing about me. I think we need the kings of the world. Yeah. The nonviolence. I think that they're, yeah, that's going to. Uh, give them. you the moral upper hand or whatever you have in an argument on an international scale whenever you see Bull Connors of the world sicking dogs on six-year-olds. Yeah, that's powerful. But at the same time, respectability politics that comes with that is extremely violent. And, and I would argue respectability politics is the reason why black men are getting shot. Because, <laughs> shot by police, because we have this locution... What, what's what's the term? The, one of the terms that I hate in American uh. language is "unarmed black man." Yes. Yeah. What does this imply? Whenever we say "unarmed black man" is shot by the police, what we're really signaling is that. Armed black men exercising the Second Amendment rights exactly, to yeah. bear arms are justifiably murderable. Exactly. Yeah. So I that's what we're really video, doing when we're doing it. So respectability. Yeah, exactly. Like, like,
0: yeah, he's getting you're getting pulled over, and he has he has the permit, he has the gun in his car. Uh, Castile. And, yeah What's that? Philando Castile, Philando up, in Castile. Minnesi- uh, up in Minnesota is that uh, you talking about? I, I think so. I think I, I think you're right. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, they they pulled him out of his car, and they, they yeah like 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 this man has a right to his gun. Oh, like I'm that, talking about
1: Philando Castile a couple years ago. What happened? Uh, same exact mm-hmm. story. He's yeah. in a, in, a, in a in a car with his partner and his mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. and he says, "I have a concealed weapon." Yeah, we're talking about the same thing, yeah. And dude guns him down. Yeah, dude guns him down. So, yeah, I think that's what we get. Is like uh, through through through. I, I don't think that happens without the good black person. You know what I mean with this idea of yeah. respectability politics—that yeah. I have to present myself yeah. in such a way that white society will accept me into their space. So that's basically Fanon's argument. Yeah. No amount of non-violence, uh-huh. whenever your mere existence in a public place is deemed as violent, no amount of non-violent tactics is going yeah. to affect mm-hmm. that that perception in the first place. It's only going to inflame it. So it's um, so
0: funny because you have this background in theology, and you have this—you have you know, the background theology and military, and. And it's funny because, like, I, when I went to Gateway, Gateway Community College in, in, in New Haven, I love that place. I got, I got, I got. What uh, Professor Mathis? Shout out to Professor Mathis, who is just amazing. He's uh, a Southern Baptist minister. He got his, you know, uh, his uh, divinity uh, degree from, I believe, uh, from Yale, and he has his uh, his uh, his law degree from Harvard. And he's the one that got he, exactly what you're saying. He got me, and then, like we sanitize Martin Luther King, and then we have we just don't even talk about Malcolm X, and like exactly what you're talking about the respectability uh, politics. And, and, and that's
1: and that's my thing. Is like. One of the problems that I saw within that movement, Mm -hmm. uh, which seems to persist throughout other movements, is like, it seems like a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. right where you have to be one, one or the, the other. other and it's yeah. like mm-hmm. no 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 I'll the go march with gray, the kings of the world and then go fucking bust down a building because I think so that's another thing it's like I think Plus, property yeah. violence is always like I agree I, I don't in give a fuck France, about your property I don't cars? care about your property no,
0: they're insured anyway put <laughs> down with insurance.
1: so that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's another yeah. one of those ethically justifiable things you target <sighs> a specific institution mm-hmm. a building of a spe- yeah. and I think we look at the suffragette movement in Britain we see that like oh I'm gonna blow up all of your post offices until you give me the fuck can write to yeah. vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you want to get mail? Indeed. You should probably let me vote. Um, and it was effective. So it's always effective. So yeah. it, it's not always
0: effective. It's not that's always the effective. thing. Right that's, here, right? that's that's yeah. the exit oh, yeah, By yeah, any yeah, means, yeah, no. Yeah. It's not yeah. by for me. But it's not by any means. It's got to be specific means. Very, very. There's a line that you will cross where it backfires on you, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's yeah. where that that's where yeah.
0: this that's my
1: disagree. Mm. So like, this is a controversial statement. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Highly, highly disagree. With the means of blowing up the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. if, if this is if, if the narrative no, is, worry, is somewhat yeah. mm-hmm. accurate, uh, yep. I, I, I have a problem with those means. Mm-hmm. But the grievance is real. The Now had they had, now had real, they yeah. now had had they targeted a specific institution mm-hmm. or a specific person mm-hmm. that doesn't like how many people? And this is where it hurts you: is how many people in the World Trade Center actually agree <laughs> with American political ideology mm-hmm. broadly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that and that's my thing. That's, that's where I right. think it yeah. uh, that's where I think it hurts your cause whenever you just do this wanton violence because mm-hmm. it's like nah that motherfucker the randomization that motherfucker the didn't yeah. deserve that. Yeah. Like half of the people in that yeah. building probably you didn't, didn't get deserve all that. They're, just, yeah. they're yeah. just trying to get fucking paid. So yeah. that comes down to like the thought experiment is yeah. is it ethical to bomb a bomb factory? Is it ethical to bomb a bomb factory? Well,
0: mm-hmm. are there
1: workers in the bomb that's factory? That's the question, yeah. can you yeah. bomb workers? I say, no, that's unethical. If you it, really, it's, really it's, it's want do it, it's unethical no, it's, it's yeah. unethical yeah. because these people no, no, are just normal ass yeah. people mm-hmm. trying to get from the day to day yeah. and put some food on the yeah. table. And I agree. at the end of the day, maybe the bomb factory is the only job. Maybe the bomb factory is the go kart attendant. That, that's the only job that they could get to put food on yeah. the table. So, mm-hmm. no, nah, don't bomb the bomb factory. Yeah. Kick in the CEO's door and fucking send them to the fucking guillotine. True. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's that's where I say it's got to be very, very deliberate and very, very specific and yeah. very, very thought out. And and
0: uh yeah so that that's sort of what i'm trying to think i people. don't even really like, think what you're saying is that controversial these days no i, I think mean, it like, is i think in the mainstream I, in the mainstream yeah in the mainstream, yeah. In the mainstream, yeah but, but I, I think I, I will be put yeah. on probably
1: after this know, I'll because I'll be, okay. list. Right. I'll, I'll be on ar- all the lists
0: that's fine. what's that dude i'm already on the list don't worry i'm yeah. probably mm-hmm. on all yeah. to you're a radical green beret are you fucking kidding me you're definitely on the list
1: all of them probably but yeah yeah uh so so yeah, I, I like the grievances make sense. Yeah, of course. The yeah. grievances all usually, usually, usually make sense. It's usually the means that I disagree with. Of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's trying to, that's what I'm trying to flesh out. Yeah. Um, is what what it, the wretched of the earth? It's it's kind of an extension of a thought, because he died at 36. So young, right? What was so it? Young. I can't
0: remember. Ah, oh, shit! I can't remember what he died from. Leukemia. Leuke- it was leukemia. leukemia. Yeah, they didn't have shit to for for that yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leukemia, man. I mean, he got a lot of shit done in a really. really that really motherfucker like, yeah. wrote so uh-huh.
1: much. This alienation freedom class has mm-hmm. been amazing because they just published a bunch of his un- unpublished works mm-hmm. in a in a tome called. Uh, it's like
0: 980 pages. Did you see that uh, Fanon movie that they're they're showing at uh, at UConn? They're doing like a like a showing of like some like uh, it had something to do with Fanon's work. It's like, probably it's like concerning violence. violence. Probably, yeah.
1: There's a documentary mm-hmm. called Concerning Violence, which is. Um, ms lauren hill mm-hmm. narrating just reading uh the wretched of the earth mm-hmm. over footage from i think seven african revolutions it might have been something um like that. so yeah it's really really you know, that's mm-hmm. the other things people say oh well violence isn't effective because it hurts your cause well what about those seven revolutions that were successful what about algeria yeah like that just busts it all down um so yeah fanon i feel I feel, yeah. I feel i feel very very much attached to fanon because mm-hmm. we have a very similar. Uh, uh, trajectory. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Trajectory. Yeah. He, he. So, Fanon was born in Martinique, uh, I think, 1920, 1920, 1925, something like that. Yeah. Um, but he ends up uh, working with Amy Césaire, uh, the, one of the founders of what they call Negritude. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes to fight for the French in World War II because he thinks yes, he's fighting like for human right. dignity. Oh, that's right. I know, right? And then... Uh,
0: Gets disillusioned. The French, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: yeah, you mm-hmm. get disillusioned whenever the well, French. Yeah. Whenever the French.
0: Whenever the
1: French are involved. No, nah, but the French sent all the correct. black soldiers mm-hmm. back to Martinique yeah. underneath a ship, and he was like, "We just fought uh, your fucking war, and you're gonna send me back to the Caribbean like a slave? What the fuck are you doing?" So it really disillusioned him with Europe.
0: Fucked up,
1: yeah. Uh, so he went and. Uh, started studying dentistry mm-hmm. at one point and then oh, it was dentistry. First? That was yeah. his first thing uh-huh. and then he ends up becoming a revolutionary uh-huh.
0: psychiatrist yes, in exactly. Algeria well, Wasn't he, um, he was he was he was helping? Uh, he was helping uh, uh, Soldiers with like whatever you want to call PTSD or whatever fascinating.
1: Yeah fascinating fascinating uh-huh. dude actually his first dissertation he wrote two dissertations. Mm -hmm.
0: The first one of course he he did. The first one was (laughs) called
1: Disalienation of the Black Mm -hmm. or the Negro Uh um, as he termed it which ends up he ends up getting a name from uh, I forgot who it was but uh, I think Conti or somebody gives him the name uh, Black Skin White Mask. So Mm -hmm. his first dissertation is supposed to be Black Skin White Mask but they reject it uh, his second he writes another dissertation in two weeks mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right yeah yeah exactly another yeah. writes uh-huh. another dissertation in two weeks and ends up becoming a psychiatrist in Algeria so while he's in Algeria he's doing he's basically challenging the whole institution of mental health care yeah. uh, he makes this distinguish this, this distinction between uh, neurological illness and yeah. mental illness and he says that there are many mental illnesses chiefly alienation that have nothing to do with neurological mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah there are a lot of things, things like, nothing,
0: right. like, you can't
1: treat, and the problem with him is, is he says that, uh, it's the it's the the, the race problem is, is is that white institutions are trying to treat blackness as a mm. as a disorder. Uh, yes. And he's like, that's not gonna work for alienation because you're just further alienating people from being black in the first place. Well, while he's in Martin or while he's in Algeria, he ends up. Um, working with the FLN and as he's a psychiatrist when he's still a psychiatrist he's training FLN members to resist torture Mm -hmm. from the French and he ends up becoming a revolutionary in in, in the FLN and ends up getting leukemia and dying at 36 so we have very very and that's I think if I had to say anything about Fanon is uh people confuse Sartre preface to wretched of the earth with mm. the actual argument of the wretched of the earth and they're two different arguments i've never i've never read the preface so <laughs> the um, preface is mm. the preface basically shapes Fanona's uh, or, or violence as mm. this celebratory thing that we mm. ought to celebrate and we ought to do where in reality fanon is like yeah no 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 so no like little, v- a little, a, a, little. Yeah, like I, doing violence hurts the self mm-hmm. yeah. and, and 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 it's it's harmful to even the person conducting the violence because mm-hmm. it's an absolute... So, yeah. so yeah, 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 Fanon is very much opposed to yeah. violence but sees it yeah. as a necessary condition for social change. The other... I think one of the other things is that, that I've learned throughout this semester uh, studying Fanon with Lewis is uh, revolution is not the actual act of of insurrection or rebellion and the the actual physical violence that happens afterwards uh revolution is the creation of this of 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 the state of being afterwards it's the creation of something new something that's what new. the actual okay. revolution yeah in uh, Fanon's thought is so
0: That's right because they were just talking about uh, With uh, the with, uh, Venezuela With Guaido and the stuff and like well is this A coup or not and they're like well no it's not Really a coup because You know it's not really changing Anything technically, yet. <laughs> technically <Yes. laughs> Which I thought was hilarious But I mean what am I yeah, in But,
1: but yeah. no that, that that's mm-hmm. the, the His general yeah. argument is like Maybe the people that uh, are really, really good at doing the violence—maybe prop maybe they're not the people that should be creating the institutions afterwards. Maybe they're not suited for that. Like, maybe
0: they're not so. Maybe the don't... military generals are not suited to creating governments. I just, mis- people <laughs> wish. I wish people knew how to let go of power at some point. But yeah. you know, share, share it. Don't even let go it. of it. Yeah. I'm no. not asking people to let go. Just share the motherfucker. Share, share, like shit. Give us a little <laughs> bit. A little bit <laughs> more share. than we had before. That would be great. man. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean cuz I think everybody should have uh, some semblance of power. I think that's part of the, the idea of democracy, right? It's like yeah. no, yeah. my my yeah. voice yeah. fucking matters yeah. and I think everybody's voice matters. Do I value voices the same amount as mm, others you don't no. have to no. No, yeah. I no. I I, like, I definitely fucking no. I don't, no. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. think that I, that I don't think that I need I don't think I need to give Ann Coulter a no. space to talk on my public, inter- or, uh, or, well, or can- public, pro- public, mm-hmm. private is a little different, but mm-hmm. on a private institution, if I'm at Harvard and you want to fucking hire and Coulter, no, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna protest that. Candid- I'm gonna the protest Candace Owen that. Candace and Charlie Tur- so, Kirk. Yeah, Utah, it's it's like, so That's
0: fucking weird. Yeah. It's
1: so so interesting where it's like, nah, I don't feel any obligation to give you a platform to fucking mm-hmm. speak hate. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's.
0: We're in an interesting place. And Isn't this like, it, it, it is a time where like, it's just, I don't know, like it feels like we're at the cusp of something. Do you feel that too? I don't know. I feel like we are sometimes. I don't but, know if eh. it's ever been different though. That's yeah. my I guess question. Right. Like yeah, when, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean?
1: Oh, you get the telegraph, the telegraph yeah. the, the internet of the 19th century. Right. That yeah. changes everything. Yeah. You get industrialization,
0: yeah. that changes everything. Vietnam War it changes, everything. It changes everything. Everything yeah. changes
1: everything that's one of the other arguments of, mm-hmm. uh, of Fanon is mm-hmm. is he argues that dialectics are open yeah. um so the basic the basic idea is that you have uh thesis and antithesis mm-hmm. and then from that you get the synthesis yes Fanon's like why you know I've read that but it was <laughs> Fanon's like, fun- like why what if don't it's don't a if what mean? if it's a non-synthesis what if it's something completely different at all so the, complete the idea is like separation. you could go you could combine them but it's like what if it's just something that's not 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 that at all so yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be something that we can even foresee um but yeah he also argued about this this idea of sociogenesis which i'm trying to understand which is basically uh lewis explained it through uh, snow white <laughs> nah, dead, dead ass, dead ass, right? So what does Snow yeah. White the, the conversation with the yeah. mirror? What does Snow White say to the mirror? Uh, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's well, the fairest? Uh, the, uh, the, who's the, the, the fairest the evil of queen, them all? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Right? The, the, she's a stepmom or mm-hmm. something the evil queen. Yeah, she's queen? the evil
0: queen the stepmom. Yeah. Step-mom yeah so, right?
1: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. before Snow White is born, mm-hmm. what's the answer? You, of course, are the fairest of them all. But w- what kind of voice is it?
0: I right, like. A, I don't remember. Like it's a, a male sinister, voice. It's a male voice. It's, it's a, a male voice. So
1: the psychoan- the psychoanalysis portion mm-hmm. would say oh this is the, the evil stepmother trying to gain approval of the a male a male mm-hmm. figure um, and, but the interesting thing is 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 that changes after snow white is born you're mm-hmm. you're not the fairest the
0: so it changes the, the whole relationship so, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, so younger, but but the thing
1: uh, is is like we often view the mirror as static
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the person as static so neither are static they're both interacting with each other that changes the whole milieu of everything so it's not one or the other it's everything combined and that's sort of what that that's his view of race is that it's a social construction it's predating this idea that it's a social construction. It's not just individual, it's not just social. It's a, 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 a very interrelated connection between both of them. Now no, I
0: Sorry. can't even show my girlfriend this podcast because she loves Disney and now I put politics <laughs> it and she's gonna fucking hate me. <laughs> God damn it Deanna. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I mean yeah that's that's the general that's the general framing of sociogenesis. But um...
0: Alright, how about we take one more break right here and we'll do uh we'll, we'll do a couple more questions and then And then, then, yeah, yeah. I'm loving this, dude. This is great. This is perfect. Yeah. This is fun. fun. When you have your, uh, when you get your podcast up and going, you got to get me on. I got to get a little more. uh, I'll send you. Here, I'm going to send you something right now. We're taking one quick break while we're away this guy just told me an amazing story of Cornell West giving him an interview which got deleted so we'll never know (laughs) the lost tape the lost tape um but he's gonna so wait what's the name of your podcast it's called the home matters podcast the home matters podcast we got a website
1: right now there's a teaser up on the website but we're still trying to to figure out how to do this production thing and marketing thing and I don't know anything about any of this. Meaning <laughs> all I yeah, know is, is like I want right to talk here. to interesting people and share conversations with. I'm going to I'm so. going to
0: I'm going to listen to this later. It's just going to be two guys yelling at each other and like, fuck. Nah, this will be good. Nah, this is yeah, will be, it'll be totally fine. You got to start somewhere, right? Oh man um let's just see is where you want to go from here um so we, we did the pro- we got your projects uh, done dun, 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 dun. I guess this is this is definitely one question I want to ask you though earlier like all right if you could just like get one concept one concept it did mo- like the majority of Americans mind like what what would that do you do like what do you, what would that be you know what I mean like something that's important to you that you think would actually benefit people I called it race parentheses. I love how you just have it. I'm sorry, just an answer after like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I, I, no, I, uh, I've been thinking about it a lot because I'm, I'm reworking a syllabus of a course that I taught last summer. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a I course saw, called, uh, I, mm-hmm. race parentheses ism in the American liberal imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we, we have like the term racism comes with a lot of baggage and we, we often think of it as a, uh, a very negative thing, mm-hmm. which it is. I don't think it's not a negative thing, yeah. but I think it's a normal thing. It's yeah. not an ab. We view it's it as an. an abnormal, ab- we, we view yeah. it as an abnormal condition mm-hmm. yeah. where, in the United States of America, racism is the the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I say race parentheses ism because, whenever we talk about race, the thing that goes unmentioned is the racism that led into creating the racial categories in the, in first, the first place. place. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things that I wish. Um, I could get across a concept that I could could get across to people is that if someone calls you racist it's a bad thing mm-hmm. but it's something that you should think about and mm-hmm. learn about and not be defensive about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a normal condition in the United States of America. We're not yeah. perfect. Uh, very much in the same way that so I'm blinded right? that I'm blinded by my masculine position mm-hmm. in the world, my masculine identity in the world to mm-hmm. certain specific issues mm-hmm. um, that I just kind of have blinders on because I haven't experienced things in yep. the world. So, um, Acknowledge
0: and reflect essentially. Uh, like uh,
1: yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. racism is Bad, obviously, but yeah. it, it's. It, I think we need to reframe the way that we think about mm-hmm. racism as like it's only bad people that conduct it, and mm-hmm. that's where liberals come in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, liberals always like to point at, at least cont- in the contemporary sense, mm-hmm. what I conceive of as liberals, chiefly the Democratic Party yeah. and, and those components. We all know, yeah. Um, yeah, it's easy to point at Donald Trump and say, oh, that's a racist. Yeah, It's a lot harder to point at a Cory Booker and say that shit you're talking about is it's racist. It's hard for me. <laughs> 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 cool. No, but but I mean, on, on, like yeah, I a, know, main, know. on a mainstream thing, no, 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 it's harder, kidding, it's kidding, harder, harder kidding, yeah, to no. point yeah. at Kamala Harris and yeah. say that shit that you said about fucking sending mothers to prison for truancy, that's racist.
0: I can't understand that. that oh. no. <clears throat> so, and I can't understand why people would vote <clears throat> Kamala Harris, but that's a whole other story. But I guess it kind of leads into the Joe Biden thing, too. I mean, like... I West
1: just wrote an article on him. Just published an article on you, him. You post, I the think you, po- you posted yeah.
0: that. I just yeah. read it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Just, people. Yeah. Yeah. I think the title is something like Joe Biden wants us to forget about his past or something like that. Uh, it's, uh, and yeah, it's that's so real. It's so real because at the end of the day, like, I mean, you think of what Joe Biden oh my God. who's running, oh. running for president right now, the, the historical policy decisions that he's made mm-hmm. Oh, shit. They're garbage. Like, he is the progenitor of mass incarceration in the United States. At least one of the progenitors. Yeah,
0: for sure. Of mass incarceration in the United States of America. And it's crazy. I I had someone on on my Facebook feed. Anita Hill. You you Hill
1: You can point out a whole myriad of
0: problematic, disgusting shit that Joe Biden has done on like a policy level, on like a legislative level. I'm surprised those videos of him berating Anita Hill are not like just everywhere at this point. Cause I saw those maybe a year ago. Just, I don't know how I came up with them. I'm like, this is vile. Like this is insane. Like, and like, I, I, I don't know who he's got, like, you know, keeping it away, but um, yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that I think mm-hmm. I would be, um, would be
1: the thing is, is racism. Mm-hmm. We gotta change the way we think about racism in the United States in order to change the way we are. So Um, what do we do? I mean, (laughs) I think it's like a
0: like you gotta do like some sort of cultural shift, right? But like, what do you what do you do? Like, how do you start? I don't know. My opinion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, your opinion. (laughs) You're not. I don't think you're wrong. No, no. no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, really, like I said,
1: I honestly don't think. I don't know what that actually looks like in.
0: Yeah. And, in real and reality
1: yeah. of like How you use violence in a certain way I think like I said property violence is a good way To get people property to think about right. it but um, Yeah racism In the United States that's the thing That's the question though is can you get away With can you get away from it in this Current reality uh, By which we frame Like classical liberalism mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah, the, I know. the idea of, of, of classical Liberalism as the base of this social democratic project can can we can we have an anti-racist society that still buttresses uh, the founding ideologies of the United States of America?
0: Can we? I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to I <laughs> no. say I want to say no. Right? That's my initial answer, but I don't know. I mean, like, but I mean, I, I think eventually we're all gonna look more or less the same skin tone right? yeah you but thinking? that ain't mm-hmm. gonna
1: change that mm-hmm. that gets into this question of black consciousness and uh, How do you identify? shout out shout, mm-hmm. shout out uh, Darian Pollack is a homie of mine mm-hmm. he's doing a PhD in the philosophy department at Harvard he studies white mindedness so yeah so I, you I could have so you could have I mean Cory Booker's a black person with white minded fucking disposition so, <laughs> say for Obama too. so you could, yeah, yeah. you could. Uh, what yeah. did, what did Cornell call Obama? Uh, Rockefeller remember. and blackface. I, I just saw, it. yeah, Rockefeller and blackface back in the day. That's what got him pushed out of this. Well, I out of this liberal sphere of, of Yeah, they this, really kicked him out. They right? fucking kicked him the fuck out for <laughs> saying some shit like that. Yeah, like, now, I mean, obviously, like, that's complicated. And I think his relationship with Obama needs to. Uh, be problematized a little bit, and I think he probably was a little bit slighted when he didn't get invited to the inauguration mm-hmm. and shit like that. I think it is a little bit more complicated yeah. than West would than West would like us to believe. But um, yeah, no, nah, I think that at the end of the day Barack Obama didn't do anything for black people oh, by and large the
0: other like uh, it wasn't in long ago he was like he was, he was doing um, he was doing a speech for I can't remember who it was I actually can't remember who it was and um, he said like uh, yeah he did the Bernie speech he did like yeah the 1% blah 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 Own all this well like you, you had power for 8 years but and th- you didn't do that's the question though like no, that's my that's the whole
1: question about my revolutionary mm-hmm. counter violence mm-hmm. yeah. you could put whoever the fuck in that position they're still beholden to donors yeah so did he have power? No, he was just a face. He's just a face, and, well, and that, and that. Well, you can play the game. Though. You, you, you can, play, can yeah. play the game now. Now, I'm not trying to yeah, to know. say that he's he's yeah. like obviously the motherfucker's problematic, but also at the same time, I don't think West like. You can't
0: appreciate. You like,
1: can't. You can't. You can't envision yourself in a position in which you've never seen somebody that looks or thinks like you in that same position, right? So, like the ideological in the the hope that barack obama gave mm-hmm. to black people in the united states mm-hmm. of america whether you followed up on on those things oh, or not is real tangible it's powerful it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a possibility now that he's yeah. been elected so i yeah. think there's a it's a, i have a complicated relationship a love hate with barack obama because stuff, yeah
0: because
1: no, yeah. he's a likable guy and but you he's, have a, you he's know, this he's yeah. this neoliberal
0: Neoliberal liberal warmonger. Didn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. More um, dr- those drone strikes, man. Drone strikes. <laughs> Who was the comedian that did the... the uh, what do you call the Correspondent Center that just kept on bringing the drone strikes? I can't remember. Was it know. this year? No, it was the year before I think. Um, but they've all been so good. They don't have a comedian this year, which makes me upset. I really feel like that's like a uh, personal attack. on me.
1: Hasan Minhaj at yes. what was he at the so time good. thing the other night? Cooking? Was he? Uh, he was, was cooking he Jared Kushner, I think. Oh, uh, I didn't see <laughs> that. That was funny. Was funny. <laughs> he's a he's a brilliant dude. I'm, uh, he is. Yeah. No. I'm yeah, very awesome. impressed. I, I've I, I started watching his show on Netflix. Very, very impressed with his political analysis um, and his way of being in the world. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I have a special spot in my heart for comedians. I think comedians are the prophets of our time.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: Dave Chappelle's a fucking prophet. I don't care
0: what anybody tells you, Dave Chappelle's a prophet. <laughs> he is, yeah. Uh, yeah so i'm just i it's only to bring them because i've just uh for one of my projects i was doing um i found this this amazing amazing article with the colbert report and like how good colbert is where he convinces people yeah, him and of john both Oliver, ideologies and con- john like yeah they, they, they just they just they think what they want to think because he's so convincing either way without even being i don't it's I feel like it's not even intentional i don't yeah it's interesting though because it, it's like, could you imagine
1: Dave Chappelle existed? The, De- the Chappelle Show existing in this, in this, <laughs>
0: in the, right, right, right where now. we're at right, right now. now? Yeah,
1: right now. Nah, that shit would have. Been... His first episode was huh. Clayton Bigsby. There's no <laughs> way that's airing. There is no way that's airing on any network in 2019. That's not a possibility. As a first, as a pilot episode, you're gonna have a, a black-white supremacist. Nah, that shit ain't happening in 2019
0: i feel like i have a rebuttal to it but it's not coming to me right now it ain't happening in 2019. <laughs> not on, not even not on what is it comedy central right not on comedy central not no, on Comedy Central. On what right? I, I don't know i mean i i, I mean i guess i guess when no I, it, can't, it wouldn't happen he would be like a, he would be like a youtube star at this point you know what Maybe. i mean yeah i think so Maybe. i think that's i, Maybe. I, think so. I don't th- mm-hmm. but that's the thing is like
1: i don't think that his type of comedy really translates. It's to funny. you? You know what no, I mean? I don't know, know. I don't. I, think, I don't. I don't no, I, I really fuck with YouTube that much. I think, so I, don't I know. think you're
0: right, though, because I was actually watching the the skit where he's in Washington D.C. and he's in the and he's in the hood and uh, the, you know the crack baby. The baby. Yeah. The baby. The baby. God, his and people were is great. People people were on, on the comments on YouTube like this isn't funny. I'm like, how is this not funny? Like, like do you know? It yeah, hurts. Not so that's <laughs> how uh, I teach.
1: Um, Usually, so I, I, TA, I'm Mm -hmm. a teacher's assistant or a graduate assistant for Mm -hmm. a course called um, Philosophy and Social Ethics was like intro Mm -hmm. to ethics and race is one of the subjects that we talk about on the syllabus and I always introduce it with his race draft Mm -hmm. and my students are always super, super uncomfortable because, (laughs) because they're like what is all this what are all these stereotypes yeah. and i was like what makes it an effective use of of, of analyzing race in in the united states so yeah i think he's brilliant in the way that he uses comedy yeah. in a way to subvert it's such a good gateway things. now obviously yeah. there are probably like the transphobic shit that most of the guy like i haven't watched much stand up comedia with, with like, I cringe at the trans, at, at some of the transphobic jokes that I've seen in, this, Did Safe in the. Did Saint do a lot of
0: that? Cause I can't, yeah, I can't really remember there's right now of, In, in so
1: some, in his new Netflix shits, uh-huh. I think there's like some transphobic oh, shit in. I haven't seen the I think there's some shit. transphobic shit I in. I remember in the old and all of this stuff, shit, Which, I guess which obviously he's smart enough to realize what the fuck he's doing. And yeah. I don't think he's an actual like, transphobic yeah. person, but yeah. that doesn't, that for me doesn't. Um, obfuscate, or that doesn't that doesn't um, cleanse him of the moral wrongdoing that yeah. he's doing by framing trans people in a certain sort of way. It so, kind of
0: bring, it makes me think of like the communities that say they can't go to colleges anymore because people find everything offensive. Yeah. Like but that's not that's not that's it. Like, that's not yeah, it. Yeah, that's not yeah, it. No, 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 no. Like Jerry Seinfeld said, I'm like, <coughs> Jerry, you just outdated. yeah, like, yeah <laughs> come on, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the interest that's another interesting thing I think about generational changes is mm-hmm. that things are just. I probably wouldn't have felt that way ten years ago, but now yeah. that now that transphobia is is uh, more prominent in in discourse, yeah, no, nah, unacceptable. Um, so yeah, I think it's an interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting conversation. Man, comedians have a tough job. Like, it's a very tough job to speak truth in comedic terms. Uh-huh. I think. and I have. Some love for
0: that. I 100 agree. The, 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 I mean probably I mean, not just our time. Like every yeah, time. every time. Every right? time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, let's let's just do one last thing. Like, cause I did want to bring up the uh, Pete judge Buttig- 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 thing. You remember? Yeah, you I gotta yeah.
1: be honest. Mm-hmm. One of my homies, um, put up on Twitter the other day he was like, I can't. <laughs> what is you... it? You... Some long lines. Of, I can't well... see this motherfucker's name and not read Buttchug. <laughs> <laughs> And it, I can't, it won't leave my mind. I read butt chug every time. People
0: were really like getting heated about the kiss on TV or whatever it is. Yeah. i like, that is the yeah. Now that I don't care yeah. about. I know. Like, oh, I yeah. give uh-huh. zero fucks about yeah. who you kiss or yeah.
1: what you're doing Great. on stage now. That dude's politics, I think, are mad problematic.
0: I know, um, yeah. So. But, but people are not pain, like he's the he, he doesn't answer anything except for like he wants to send like Snowden and, and Assange to jail and shit like that. Like that's the only real policy position I've ever gotten from him, which is which is annoying. But, that's kind
1: yeah. of that's kind of the whole general political atmosphere that we live in, though, yeah. right? When's the last time that you had an actual like? Now, as much as I disagree with Bernie Sanders about mm. reparations, I think mm. he has a point.
0: You disagree with uh, Bernie Sanders on reparations that he, he doesn't feel that like he doesn't. A thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: but I yeah. do agree with his analysis that the Elizabeth Warrens and the Kamala Harrises mm-hmm. of the world are able to throw out this idea, this conception, or this mm-hmm. public concept mm-hmm. of reparations and act like we all know what it means without actually positing specific policy platforms mm-hmm. of how we're going to implement this thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bernie's no. real that way. Yeah, uh, okay, Bernie's yeah. real in that way, yeah. but I just disagree mm-hmm. with him in his yeah, class first so, so, socialism because I think by eliminating racial distinctions and and sort of having this colorblind view of the world, it mm-hmm. just it, it, it shortens the the discourse that we're able to have and the realities that we're allowed to bring about in the world. I think that these differences. Uh, are important, Mm -hmm. and I think we need to celebrate these differences and recognize these differences and and be able to say, from my lived perspective, I disagree with you, Mm -hmm. and how can we get to a a better understanding of where we want to go, and for me, that, that sort of plays into the way that politics are conducted in the United States through the party system where mm. it's like, oh, I have to vote for a Democrat or a Republican mm. in which I had no say in what the fucking platform actually mm. is. So oh,
0: even I get to Yeah,
1: yeah but mm. for mm. me, it yeah. doesn't matter who mm. the person is as much as what the platform, the platform. is, yeah. mm-hmm. and those things are obviously linked, oh, but if you were to have uh, someone that is different but has some political ideology that I do, or at least has like 70, 60 some semblance mm. of overlap in my political ideology. I'd be probably more willing to vote for them than, mm. than somebody else, but yeah, so for me, I, I don't know what what a world would look like in which people controlled their own political platforms from their own communities, and those political platforms had a voice on an international scale. Mm-hmm. So for me, Thinking about anarchy and these sorts of things is like, what does the world look like? That's so. To go back to my my conversation, uh, to our conversation about 9/11 and who was in the buildings, mm-hmm. like, how many people in that building had politics that were very, very much opposed to to state power, mm-hmm. and uh, how many black people were in the World Trade Center that, that uh, or black or brown, mm-hmm. we'll say black or brown, non-white mm-hmm. people that. Mm-hmm don't have a political voice for all intents and purposes yeah. in, the, in the federal level. It's caught up um, in, the, in the chaos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what would the world look like if uh, Brownsville had a voice on an international stage? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm trying to work out uh, through my work as well. It's like, what, what does that look like? What does it look like to have a platform by which black and brown people in the United States actually have a say in things? And that, I think, is is one of the women um, and trans folk. And it extends to all of the the non-cishet, white, Protestant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that that I think most people are starting to
0: recognize as the foundation of American nationalism. I just, so you're saying you can't imagine it? I feel like are you saying is that what you're saying you can't imagine it or No, I'm not I saying can, that I can't
1: imagine so it. I can't imagine like. I I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. I can imagine mm-hmm. a system by which I can try to mm-hmm. imagine and mm-hmm. articulate a system mm-hmm. by which that's a possibility, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine what the repercussions of that looks like and what the mm-hmm. actual what how different the world would be if people had a democratic voice. Mm-hmm. If people from I don't know, rural somewhere in Congo.
0: Yeah.
1: Had a voice on an international scale to to combat some of these things, and I think uh, the the most revolutionary component post two thousand, the most revolutionary evolutionary component of political philosophy is the ICC, International Criminal Court. I don't mm. I, that's a that's groundbreaking, mm. right? But the problem is, like, how do you implement it whenever how do you enforce it? How do you <laughs> enforce it? I mean, how do you get how do you get the United States mm-hmm. to say, guess what? We're going to give up a little bit of sovereignty to mm-hmm. fucking put Dick Cheney in fucking jail for being a war criminal. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> like, like I know. I, For like, me, not what's the bill? I think it's uh, I don't know. They passed the bill after the ICC gets mm-hmm. founded mm-hmm. that basically says if you arrest any American yes, official, yeah, uh-huh. then we'll storm the fucking hag. So it's like There's what no does point. that even There's mean no like what does that mean and that's how you get the Africa bias mm-hmm. where the only things that that the ICC investigates is, is fucking Africa. in Africa yeah. for the most part oh, yeah. or brown countries because yeah, <laughs> because these are the only people that are part a part of a party to the ICC because these big countries know that they don't gain anything from it they lose power for all it, for for from their perspective so yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. It's like how how can we create social movements in localities because Martin Luther King Jr. did not change the world through trying to change the world. Martin Luther King Jr. went to battle with Selma. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. went to battle with Montgomery, right? Like mm-hmm. we go to he went to battle with these local places and that changed the world. So, how do we sort of replicate that idea of like Changing local politics really fucking matters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what does it look like whenever these these very very small communities, in, in terms of the grand scale of eight billion people on the planet, mm-hmm. have a say in the in the way that national states conduct their Not business? Great. So yeah, that's that's my. I think that will. Ooh, excuse me. That's that beer yeah, coming that's out. The beer, that's right? the that beer coming out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying to imagine a political reality in which I can specifically draw out how these institutions will operate and react with each other. Mm-hmm. So, And obviously I'm not right, but...
0: Mm-hmm. But you're trying. But
1: fuck, we have to create yeah. some sort of new imagination of how the world can be mm-hmm. in order to make it closer to the way that it ought to be.
0: It shoots um, our values. Yeah. yeah right.
1: So, I don't know, I saw a tweet today from... Um, little Miss Flint mm-hmm. broke my fucking heart, man. What was the tweet? It was just a picture of her. She was like, "Yeah, that's me in the same picture." It was her at the beginning of the Flint crisis and mm-hmm. her a few weeks ago. I haven't seen this. It's. It, I, I mean, you could literally see kids growing up without mm-hmm. potable water in mm-hmm. a fucking American city. That's absurd. That is absurd. Like literally, watch them grow it without having potable water. It's been five years. Six years? <clears throat> five now? years. Five years,
0: man. could be five years. Could have been fixed in a week. We can,
1: we can, we can raise a billion dollars for Notre Dame in thirty-six hours. But, f- but there's a little, there's the little Notre kids in
0: Flint for some statues and and, a, and a crown of thorns. Shit really broke my look. heart. It was from like uh, April twenty-fourth. Oh, man, this is like already like making me sad. Fuck. What'd you know, show the show this? <laughs>
1: so yeah, man. What is it? What is it look like when the world cares about Flint and Flint has a voice in the world? That's my big question.
0: Hmm. I, you know what? It's it's on a dark dark. My phone's about see. to die. I but... see yeah, it's dark. Uh, what, what, Let me see the. Oh, what's the last thing say? It says uh, Flint, Michigan
1: has mm-hmm. been without clean water since April twenty fourth, twenty fourteen, and then the ne- the other picture is the mm-hmm. same exact thing, mm-hmm. but it's her. damn near, near a teenager now. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like. It just broke my heart that that these are the condi- this is uh-huh. the condition of the world and people don't really have a say in the way that it operates. Only corporations and, mm-hmm. and CEOs of corporations and powerful people. And I think that's by design.
0: It's so, totally by design. No, it's not. So until it is. Yeah.
1: until people have a control in the design, then what are we actually talking about? If we're not talking about revolution, mm-hmm. I don't got time for you, really. Yeah. If I'm being f- for real, for real, yeah. and that comes down to the problem with like. The two-party system in the United States of America is like there's not there's not going to be there's not there's not going to be. mean, we
0: could do vote by by on you know we could do know. voting like banking, but I don't know. know man, I don't I don't know what that reality looks. like. I don't like. know what it looks like either, but I know it's possible. It's gotta be. Yeah, it is. we just have to create it. Yeah, we just if have we to create it. We can take care of money. We can take care of that. And and
1: here's my the, shit. J Cole J. Cole talks oh, about it yummy. in brackets. Mm-hmm. In yep. brackets, he's like, look like whenever I can vote off of my phone? Uh-huh. If I can pay yes, my yes, if yeah. I can pay my taxes over the internet, uh-huh. then why the, why can't <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. why That's the fuck can I not heard vote? Heard why the fuck song. can I not vote if I can need pay my taxes? If if we are if we are comfortable with literally." Yeah. Generating yeah. the revenue for the state mm. over the internet and why the fuck can't we vote for the people
0: that control? Why do I not have a little pie chart on my phone where no, I can adjust yeah. everything that I need to do? It's
1: so 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 interesting and
0: I just that's that's
1: that's where it comes back to me is like how do we organize at community levels? a platform mm-hmm. that's what's important to me mm-hmm. like how do we sit together so you're bo- in a room your
0: bottom up right that's how, that's how do we thing? sit
1: in a room that's the yeah. whole idea yeah. of yeah. american governance in the first place yeah. right is mm-hmm. like the house of representatives yeah
0: it's, it's the idea we forget we forget reality. and
1: this yeah. is interesting that yeah. in 2019 it's executive heavy uh-huh. yeah. we care about the presidency is. period of course it is yeah our constitution and Lockean ideals uh-huh are legislative supremacists yeah, like I, I am a legislative supremacist i believe that the that who creates the law should, mm-hmm. it has more power yeah. in government and they ought to yeah. so what did we say whenever we had the united states we came up with this great compromise mm-hmm. right the yep. great compromise yep, was yep, like yep. yeah people should have control over the laws and i think that's a really good idea but the problem is is that we have these parties that don't allow local people to really, really control platforms. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like what does it look like to sit down in a community and be like what's our platform? What the fuck do we want? Mm -hmm. What do we need? Okay, now who's going to run this motherfucker? Now let's figure out somebody to run where in reality we pick somebody to run and then the platform comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, until we can can have um, community power in a way Mm -hmm. that we do not have Right now, I don't I don't foresee anything
0: changing. And it just it just Urgh. does suck because we have the ability to do that. Easily. Easily. No problem. Easily. It could someone could tomorrow. do it tomorrow. Someone could do it overnight. Yeah. They probably did already. It was
1: probably not And for they it scrapped right it. Yeah. yeah. uh-huh
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like an yeah. electric car. <laughs> Steve, I think I think I think we got it, man. I salute. Think, yeah, salute. That was perfect. Yeah, man. Let me know. What else you need. That, uh, I, I think we we hit, we hit pretty much everything that we needed to talk about, Trump right? and evangelicals. I don't know. Ooh, you know Lord, it's like, yeah. do we even need to talk about that? I don't know. Like, it's interesting. It is interesting. cuz it's contradictory as all fuck, but it is to me. It, it always has me. been. Well, I don't I, I mean, I don't know too many evangelicals. Like I, I think I know like maybe one or two. Like there there aren't too many where I live, so. Yeah, it's the northeast. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's part There's of that still other. Some up here and that, and, yeah. and and
1: so that that goes into yeah. my 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 thing about community power is like now obviously there's a problem of like regulating who's allowed to join communities and things like there's mm-hmm. there's problems with it but mm-hmm. i think by telling evangelicals that they don't matter i think that creates more problems it than it than it's worth you know what I mean? Who's saying that Evangelicals are the the the? I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. generally yeah. Mill- millennials in particular yeah. are, are are very very secular and anti-religious. Yeah. And for me, it's like I'm from the South. Are you? You're technically, <laughs> like wait. I am from the like I grew up in the South. I'm yeah. forged by the South, yeah. and the South is a different country that I can't imagine telling somebody that that evangelicalism is wrong, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? No, no, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's complicated, and I think it
0: creates more problems, it alienates people in a way. You know, what I've always said is that <clears throat> you always, you know you have always those high school trips where you take you uh, to Europe or some shit like that? Send them send somewhere send him somewhere in the country, far away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for real, for real, for real though. Yeah. Like I sit in these classes up here in,
1: in New England, mm-hmm. like I'm in a reconstruction class where mm-hmm. we're talking about reconstruction of the so-called civil war. Mm-hmm. How many Southerners are in, in the room? Yeah, how many no people one. actually have an understanding of like how people think about it in the South? And that's why wow. Very few I loved
0: John um, <sighs> John's presentation of the other day. The NASCAR, yeah, NASCAR the NASCAR thing? It, 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 yeah, I've been thinking, thinking about somewhere. it since dude, I, I saw him today, I was like, that was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. It's amazing. For context, this guy did a whole uh, presentation on NASCAR and how it impacts, you know, people nationalism nationalism and, and people's perception towards war. It was amazing. It was fantastic and I don't even know. It took fifteen million dollars to run a NASCAR. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah, no. Nah, so that that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't, I can't rightly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: knowing that there have been so many groups of people mm-hmm. disempowered, to look at white evangelicals and say you don't deserve power. No, I disagree. Yeah, I think no, everybody per- yeah. deserves some semblance of mm-hmm. power. I just think yeah. we need to have a better system of arguing about mm-hmm. what's what what's right and what ought to be. And that we don't have and that's that's I think the goal of democracy is to try and balance these different perspectives and these different ways of mm-hmm. being in the world. And I don't think that we've ever wanted democracy.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we've always, it's, it's always a, been a, it's, yeah. always, been a, it's yeah. always been a fascist nation. It's always been, you know, yeah. From the very inception. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like for yeah, real, know, if, you, yeah. if you're telling me if you that, do we need if you're telling this? me we that, that white
1: property owning mm-hmm. Protestant yeah. males are the yeah. only ones that can control the laws that mm-hmm. I have to abide by, yeah. that's not any sort of semblance no. of democracy that I want to see. So, yeah. I think we're getting closer and closer to, uh, uh, I, I, and that's the question. I think that's the that's the question, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the argument of civil rights movement. That's mm-hmm. the schism in, in black politics. Is can can a multiracial democracy even exist? Can a multiracial can it, in the I United States can that thing exist? Malcolm X says no. Malcolm X? Get me the fuck out. Malcolm I'm a X separatist.
0: definitely said no for I the longest am a separatist. Time. He got a little wiggly towards yeah, the yeah, end. He yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. But I mean that goes then, that goes then, with the then, politics of the MLK's NOI. And, and yes. And then he, yeah, he got a little but wiggly. But that, that's the end. always, it's it, always it,
1: dating yeah. all the way back to Booker yeah. T. Washington yeah. and WB yeah. Du Bois. It's, it's always mm-hmm. been do we integrate or do we separate? And for me, I can't say that separatism is wrong. That's the other option. thing. Yeah. No, it's not even just another option. We okay. live in okay. separate realities. Okay. Look at these I mean and that's the thing is like cities are as segregated or more segregated than they were in the 1960s. Okay. We've always had a, a idea of separatism. We've just never been willing to give separate communities the actual political power they deserve. So how can I sit here and say, I'm not going to give you the political power you deserve just because you have a different ideology as me? I'm going to argue That's the practice. fuck out of you, and yeah. I might knock off some of your CEOs at some point, but we can talk about it. Just the CEOs, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe a couple <laughs> executives. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a complicated mm. conversation, and I, I don't it think is, no. we give it the credence that it actually deserves to think about well, yeah maybe maybe we ought to rethink about what what the actual foundations of this idea this liberal democratic ideology actually are. Um, so yeah, uh, that's my radical politics <laughs> but we we'll, we'll see we'll see what the future turns out to. I don't think what the f- that's a big ass bird. I don't know what the fuck that was.
0: That's Not as big, big as a, a, like a hawk Fucking or...
1: dinosaur man. I gotten into photography lately, <laughs> and like when I'm home, I've fallen in love with birds, man. Birds like, are, I, like, oh, dude, yo, like, like, bird this is watching. The time for
0: nah, bird watching. Yeah. Nah, nah, but dude, like, the, it's go, different up
1: here because they're like birds. Right. What do you mean? Right? Water birds are like fucking dinosaurs. What? You, like,
0: what's like? What do you mean? Like a water bird? Like a duck? I'm t- nah, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> I'm talking about like egrets. Oh, uh, okay. I think I, I... I found. I, I saw this thing while I was home over over winter break uh. called an, an Inga. I
0: never even heard of Google, this Google.
1: Like they're they're legit. This Wait, motherfucker. I'm sitting here looking at the water. How do you spell it? Because I need to look at a n h i n g a a n h i. Also known as Devil Bird. These motherfuckers swim, bro. So it pops its head up out the water at me from i'm just sitting here like looking at the thing and huh. yeah they're like a whole
0: velociraptor yeah oh, they they they
1: swim look at that That's they awesome. fly they do yeah no nah, i don't know they're mm-hmm. like waterfowl is i mean obviously ducks too but like nah these these crazy marsh birds man they're they're legit descendants of dinosaurs and i'm like what the fuck is this thing we got,
0: we got the more tame variety up here weird looking things
1: Beautiful, Absolutely beautiful, though. Like, watching, like, I'll sit down there. Uh So, um, one of my practices, uh, so I see a huge relationship between shooting photography and Mm -hmm. shooting guns. Mm -hmm. Shooting guns for me has always, since my time in the military, Mm -hmm. been a very meditative practice. Uh,
0: Before, I just, I, I live in the city for most of, like, you know, for, like, first half of my life and then I've been in Connecticut. I've never, I've never had a chance to shoot a gun. Which is kinda of weird. I let, me know, yeah, let me know. Let me know when you wanna go. Let's fucking go. Let Let's
1: do you it. Know when you wanna go. That's what I did. a <laughs> weapons sergeant. But um so yeah, obviously I can't shoot as much as I would mm. love to. Yeah. Like it's kinda, I, if I could I range. would shoot every fucking yeah. day. Uh-huh. But I it's just not a thing. But I can shoot a camera whenever I want. Yeah. It's, it's completely it's, acceptable yeah. for me to shoot um in public. So last semester I was feeling just I couldn't get into the swing of things. I'm still not really accustomed to Connecticut. Uh-huh. I don't know many people up here so yeah. one of the things that I I, tr- I started implementing last semester is like deliberate time uh-huh. behind the camera lens. Nice. Um, I haven't done it the past few weeks and I think it's really fucking up my mental health but yeah as a mental health practice I would just go and spend three hours in the woods or three hours at the beach or three hours in the city exactly. spending right. time with my camera and um, one of the things that I realized is like it's two sides of the same coin shooting guns is mm-hmm. necessarily destructive but mm-hmm. shooting cameras is necessarily creative
0: yeah. uh-huh.
1: um so that's one of the things that i've been doing and while i was down in north carolina i would get up for sunrise and just go to the beach or go to a marsh or go to a different venue and these birds are all over the place where i'm from in wilmington it's it's a beach town yeah so the west side of wilmington is a river Mm. or New Hanover County, the west side of, of, of New Hanover County is a river, and the east side you have an intercoastal waterway and beaches. That sounds actually so really nice. So there's like, yeah. there's like, amazing. so you have it's like true. ocean water, mm. ocean brackish water, and then fresh water. Mm. So you get all these different biomes um, to see different types of creatures just doing their thing in the world, and, and okay. these marsh birds like, mm. They're 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 just fascinating to watch, hunt and watch be in the world, man.
0: I cannot imagine living in a landlocked state. Like that's probably like the can't one thing I can't it. do. I'll it. never uh-huh. ever no. not
1: ever will I ever do that.
0: We're so far up north too. You can you like you, you like you got to drive like an hour to get to the beach. Like I live in New Haven, I'm I'm like 15 minutes away from the beach tops. Dude, you got to come down. You got to come yeah, down. I do for yeah. real. Uh huh man this has been a blast this has been a blast man it. you know i thought it was gonna be good but i just definitely exceeded all my expectations I cheers, man. <laughs> well I, I can't cheers an empty glass but there's a little something in there oh, man. all right i guess we'll call that for the recording jane you're welcome oh four percent left all right guys perfect perfect, perfect. thanks hey, yo for, uh, nice to meet yep. y'all
1: i hope you enjoyed mm-hmm. the conversation much love mm-hmm. um Steve Nunez, be uh, well, be yeah. well, and whenever I say well, I don't, I don't mean that in any sort of way. Like, holistically, I hope you're well, and I hope you, you uh, fight for justice in the world. It's been an honor to to talk to you.
0: I don't think there's any uh, any way better to end than that. So, that's it.